Happy holidays. <sighs> That's a big bag. I like this movie. Uh, Very good. Yeah. Okay, is that all? Is that all? Uh, is that all? Everything. Is this all? These things, these toys that we buy, that we give. Is this everything? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to give gifts, but this isn't truly what makes us happy, is it? I mean, we drive around town stressed out, hunting for toys and things. We stay up late. We get up early in the morning. It's just to buy the last Buzz Lightyear at the store. All the while, we're not even spending any time with our kids, with our families. But hey, we, we buy them things. It's got to mean something. But is it everything? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what this is supposed to do for us. It's not satisfying deep down. It's not love. It's, it's kind of selfish. It's kind of lazy. I mean, all this, the, the, these things, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where we're going or why we do this stuff. Where, where did it begin? Where did it come from? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, a little baby. A little baby boy told us to go out and buy things and run around shopping malls and get stressed out at our family. It's all about things, about gadgets, you know? So many holidays, but there's no more Jesus. All the ads, the music, the noise. I mean, I thought this was supposed to be a, a time about celebrating Christ, about Jesus, about peace. I mean, where is the peace? And where is Jesus? I, I don't feel him in any of these things. So is this everything? I don't know. I hope not. Excuse me, sir. Is that it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That, thank you. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm Mike Rillage. I'm the Director of Arts here, and I'm really looking forward to uh, talking with you this morning. And uh, last week, Dave uh, Nelson kicked off this series that we're in called Peace, and uh, he talked about, the, uh, about Jesus uh, being the Prince of Peace, who's, who God's Word actually defines that way and describes him as uh, the Prince of Peace. And uh, this week, we're continuing... Uh, that conversation as, as we're looking at what it means to be at peace with God. And you know, our opening song, I love that, love, it's just such a beautiful song, and it makes these bold claims, you know, uh, of, of uh, him offering peace and him being the king of kings and how he's worthy of us bringing gold and expensive perfumes and honoring him with all this kind of stuff. And it's such a beautiful s song. But my guess is that... If, if, if you're at all like most people, 
you can relate with the drama. The hustle and bustle of Christmas running around and trying to take care of all the stuff that surrounds this holiday that celebrates the Prince of Peace oftentimes creates an environment that is the antithesis of peace, right? And it's kind of, I feel like uh, somehow Christmas has been hijacked by Santa and reindeer and, and uh, you know, year-end uh, um, financial quotas that we have to achieve and, and uh, shopping and make sure we get every, every gift on every list that we, we've received and how stressed out we are because uh, we've got to buy all those gifts and worrying about how much debt we're going to accrue buying all the gifts and, and just the list goes on and on and it creates this, uh, you know, cycle of not peace. And uh, we live in these, these two juxtaposed worlds of the beauty of these Christmas songs celebrating the birth of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and then the hustle and bustle and chaos of life that surrounds the event itself. It, I can't think of a better example. If, you, if, you, if you've ever watched those YouTube videos uh, for Black Friday, have you seen those? Where people are literally breaking down doors to get in and get the first product X. Or the, my favorite one is this woman, uh, they all go busting in some store and this woman gets knocked down, her wig goes flying and everyone just runs right across her. I'm like, God is looking down from heaven, smiling because he realizes we finally got it. We get it. We get what Christmas is about. <laughs> and I don't know if you were here last week, but if, if, if you weren't, Dave had us do something pretty cool. And he had us just, in this season, t- just take a minute and, and write down the first thing that comes to mind that in this season is providing stress or anxiety for us. So here's what I want to do. I'm just going to continue that. So if you, if you were here last week, I want you to kind of recall what that was. Or maybe there's something new. I, I can think of a couple situations of some of my friends who since last week have new stresses and new anxieties that they're looking at. But if you weren't here last week, I just want you to take a second and think about that. What's the thing that's bringing anxiety or stress at this season? And when Dave asked us to write this, I was like, oh, boom, done. Took me like all of two seconds. But let me, let me ask you something else now. So you, if, if you've, hopefully you've thought of the thing that's, that's creating stress or anxiety in your life. And if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, as Dave talked about last week, I want you to think concretely of a specific example where the Prince of Peace or Jesus is providing peace to that situation. How is Jesus bringing peace to that situation? How many of you found the first assignment easier than the second? No one? You all found the second one? You found it easier to find how Jesus is providing peace. That's interesting to me. You're liars. And uh, (laughs) the truth of the matter is I think that it's easy, we're so in touch with what's going on in our lives, our anxieties and our stresses, and we just kind of live with those and we're not as in touch with understanding how God wants peace in those situations. That's what I believe. And the good news is this, as I like to say, that we're not the first people to have to deal with this. God's word has quite a bit to say about this, and that's what we're going to be looking at, combing through God's word to find out how can we be at peace with God. We're going to start looking at 
the Luke 2 account of the announcement of Christ's birth. So if you have your Bibles, open up uh, your Bible to Luke chapter 2. We'll pick up in verse 8. If you don't, you can follow along on the screens. We're just going to read this, and then we're going to kind of take a look at at, at what this all means. Uh, So Luke 2, verse 8 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now I want you to just, first of all, I just want you to notice a pattern here. This is what happens. So, so it says, uh, the glory, the angel of the Lord appeared and the glory of the Lord shined. So that's kind of like, you know, this blowout of glory, right? Woo, the blowout. Next thing that happens is the freak out, right? Because they're like, woo, they're terrified. Whoa, what's this? Following that, it says, he t- the angel tells him, don't be afraid. And then following that is the cool out where he, the angel say, don't be afraid. And then he promises peace to them. And it, this, this pattern, there are these things in, in God's word, they're called theophanies. And what a theophany is, is, is a time when uh, the presence of God physically manifests and has an actual interaction with a human being. Like where the people see each other and talk to each other, right? Not, not like, you know, through a book or something, like literally manifests itself. And invariably, when these happen in, in Scripture, this pattern, the glory manifests, people freak out, he says, cool out, and then he says, gives a promise. And then he calls them to do something. And you see it specifically uh, expressed in, uh, in, in uh, the accounting of the uh, birth of Jesus. First, Zechariah and uh, John the Baptist's dad, that happens, and then the angels appear to uh, Mary and Joseph and then the shepherds. These manifestations where, where this, this pattern of, of uh, you know, uh, blow out, freak out, cool out, that whole thing happens over and over again. And it, it's pretty interesting stuff. And it just it's so funny, after the service, uh, I got a text from David York, and uh, let's see if I can find it here. He said this. Well, I won't tell you how he said a great message, but I mean, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> anyway, he says, uh, <laughs> if someone has a lack of peace and they are afraid, they are in good company. The following people have been told not to be afraid by God. Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Gideon, Elijah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Zechariah, Mary, the shepherds, Peter, Paul, and John. That's fairly comforting. But here's what I want us to understand. Just, just, just so you know this, that when, when there is an encounter with God, any time there's an encounter with God, and I'm talking about the theophanies or the things that we see in God's word, but I'm talking about more than that. Any time that we have an encounter with God, it's not just because he didn't have anything to do, so he's stopping by. 
It's because he's calling us to a specific action every single time. And the same is true for us today. And I just want you to know, you do not need an angel of the Lord to come and manifest the glory of God. By the way, I love this too. The angel, it says an angel comes to the, to the uh, shepherds and they freak out. And then what happens? And then a whole host of angels. <laughs> I'm like, nice. Be cool. Now, boom, like thousands more. <laughs> I, I just found that humorous actually. But um, every time there's this encounter, and we have these encounters not with the physical theophany, manifestations of God appearing and having these conversations, but I believe all day, every day, we are encountering God, and he's trying to call us to something, and he's trying to have this encounter with us, and we don't have peace often, I'm just going to tell you this, that when that call comes, and th- these are how these things happen, God speaks to us and asks us to do something, and we either do it or don't. You will not, just mark my words, you will not have peace in your life until you take the step that God is calling you to in that encounter. And it can be the simplest thing to the most complicated thing in the world. Until you take that step that you're being called to, you just flat out won't have peace. And here's what's interesting is that the last verse says this. The last verse in that Luke passage that I read says this. Glory to God in the highest heaven. This is the shout out of the promise. He says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And I love the fact that So the Savior of the world is being announced, right? The Savior of the world is coming, and who does he go to? The kings, and no, he goes to the shepherds. And what you need to understand about the shepherds, they're like like bottom-tier culture people, right? Sort of the dregs of society almost. And part of it was that they're out with these dirty animals, so they're not ceremonially clean, for starters. And secondly... They're out with the animals for weeks at a time, so they can't even go to the synagogue and get ceremonial clean. These are, these are the low, you know. And I think that it's really important. I don't, I don't think that was by accident at all. I know it wasn't by accident. And here's just a really interesting message is that, that it speaks to the fact that, A, first of all, we don't earn God in our life. Right? They certainly didn't earn it. They were just selected. But it also points to the fact that God is not an elite God. But he's for everyone. Every single one of us. So he starts with, he starts with those individuals, the shepherds, to announce his birth. And he says, again, peace on earth on those whom his favor rests so in this crazy, busy, anxious, stressful, whatever's going on in your lifetime of the season, it's supposed to be about the Prince of Peace. And think back to that thing that you identified this morning or last week or both. And the reality is, what he tells us is that if we want to have peace in that situation, we need to find ourselves in his favor. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And so the next logical question, what's the, what's the next logical question? If peace comes to those on whom his favor rests, yeah, you guys are way smarter than the first, you know, don't tell them I said that, but seriously, they did not get that one. So 
So if you want to know how to have peace, and you know, if, if, if his favor brings peace, then don't you want to know how do I get in his favor, right? And you look, again, Moses, Mary, Noah, Joseph of the Old Testament, even Jesus, there are st- just multiple times in God's word it says, and, and, and his favor was on him, and his favor was on him. And so not, I'm not, I don't want to focus on the biblical characters. I mean, that's great, and it's good for us to understand that and learn that. But I want us to understand how do I get God's favor? How can I be in the favor of God? Because if I want peace, I need to be in his favor, so how do I get that? What I want to do is I want to jump right forward to Romans chapter 5, the New Testament. Read this with me. It says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So we put our faith our belief in Jesus Christ, and, his, and, and, and he gives us peace. Well, that's pretty awesome. But let me, I want to dig it a little deeper in this because there's a cool phrase in here, and it says, it says, through whom we have access. We've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through whom, uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access. What's cool about this is that, first of all, um, so often, we feel like God is a distant. Have you ever felt like that? Maybe you felt like this. I, I, I would imagine you have. You felt like God is distant and far off and not engaged in my life. And this, this phrase in the original language, through whom we have access, is really interesting because it's a very personal uh, language, a very personal invite. And, and that's exactly what it is. It's a, it's, it means like he's, he's bringing us to Jesus. He's bringing us to God, an invitation, a companionship, a relationship. And this is what he's saying. Through faith, we receive access, relationship, companionship, an invitation to join in relationship with God. I'm just going to tell you, that is not a distant God. That's not a distant God. And so why is there still stress and anxiety and separation? And why do we experience all this not peace stuff with God? Why do we feel like he's far away? Look at first Col- or Colossians, I'm sorry, Colossians 1, 19 through 20. Read this with me. I want to just hunker down into this for just a quick minute here. It says this, for God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him. So God was pleased to have all of his, all of God's dwellness dwell in, all of his fullness dwell in Jesus. And through him to reconcile to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. And here's what I want us to understand, just a few things this morning. First of all, we were separated from God. It says it right there, right? We were separated from God. It goes on to say we were alienated from him, estranged, uh, separated, excluded. We were like in different, different places all over, right? <laughs> He's here, I'm there. And then it goes on to say this, and we're enemies, 
But here's what's interesting about this. And before I even go to that, you ever notice this? This is a, true, this is, this is a relationally uh, true statement as well. It's not just uh, as we relate to God. When you have conflict with your spouse or your kids or whatever, what happens? Do you feel super close right then? No. Do you feel like you're on the same team? No. See, when we have conflict, or we, we, we start to feel separation. And we feel like we're against each other. And that's exactly what he's happening, saying, saying is happening here. You were alienated. You were separated. You were estranged from God. And you were enemies. But here's what's really interesting about this. Where, where were we enemies? In your minds. Who's creating the separation? Me. See, we think God is distant and staying far away from us. He doesn't want anything to do with us. And we put it on him. We project that. See, God is distant. He doesn't love me. He's not here for me. And the reality is the distance is something we've created. And it goes on to explain this. How is that distance created? It's created, it says, because of your evil behavior. See, we act a certain way. And the glory of God, you know what? Wonder why people freak out when the glory of God manifests itself? Wonder why? Because we don't get that. We don't have it. And this amazing glory manifests itself, and the people are like, what is that? And that's why they constantly have to remind, don't be afraid. This is good. And we create this separation in our mind. Here's the next thing, though, that's pretty cool. It goes on to say that God wants to reconcile us to him in verse 22. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So we feel separated and distant. It's because of our behavior, whether we blame God or not. It's because of something we're doing. We separate. We feel like we're enemies. But he comes to reconcile us. What's reconcile? It means to win over to friendliness, to cause to become amicable, to compose or settle a quarrel to make compatible. So what's happened is we feel this separation is based on what we've done. We, we can blame God or not, but the reality is he comes through Christ who came to earth to come after us to bring us back into relationship. If you ask me, that's very amazing. He doesn't wait. See, this is what we do as humans, right? You've done something wrong to me. I'm going to sit back and wait till you get it right and figure it out and come back to me and take, you know, and you may be just, a lot of times you're justified. Someone did something wrong to you. Well, guess what? We wrong Jesus all the time. But he doesn't wait for us to come back. He offers us the opportunity to be back in a relationship with him. He gives us access to him, relational, compatible access to Jesus. And not only does he offer that to us, he came to earth and manifests himself to provide that for us. Amazing to me. Now, I just got to tell you that for some of you, the first thing I'll just say is this. For some of you, you are not at peace with God because you have never taken the first step of saying, I'm going to put my faith in you and trust you with my life. You've never come into that relationship. You have the access is there, and you're like, nope, not going to take it. And again, you will not feel the peace of God. You will not be at peace with God until you take that first step of accept, accepting him into your life. 
But the second piece is this, that many of us sitting here, and I include myself in this conversation, many of us sitting here in this room today are still not at peace with God because of our evil behaviors that are continuing. And God, on a daily basis, I know in your life and in my life is convicting me of the things that I'm doing that's keeping me at odds with him and making him feel distant and making him feel like my enemy. And for many of us here this morning who have accepted Christ into our lives, we don't have peace with God because we're behaving a certain way that's preventing the peace from prevailing. And for you, that encounter that God is calling you to is to be back in peace by just, there's some, there's some junk going on. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta confess that and get right with God. And the cool thing is, the very second you confess it, you're forgiven. No penance, you're forgiven when you confess and you, and you will feel the peace re-enter your relationship with him. The third thing I wanna talk about is this. They were separated, he came to reconcile us, but he came, check this out, in verse 20. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. See, all the stuff that's going on in our life, you know, these broken relationships, see, the benefit of being reconciled with Christ and being back in right relationship with Christ is that the stuff that surrounds us, my relationship, my finances, my struggles at work, my stresses, he not only wants me reconciled, he wants the whole of me, my life and my actions and everything reconciled to him. I don't know what it is, your stress, your, your financial woes, work situation, your kids, your parents, your past, your current situation, your future, whatever it is, whatever it is that's causing you this stress and this anxiety. God says, but I want you to have peace in that. And I'm offering you access to that peace. And that peace is to be in my favor, and you get that favor by putting your faith in me. And I'll just tell you, here's the truth, and I struggle with this. Like, again, when Dave said last week, hey, write down your stress, bam, done. I had it. Like, I knew, man. I'm walking around. It's so funny. I'm like, I was, I was stressed out about giving this message about peace. <laughs> here's the thing. We have that peace available to us. The very second we put our faith in him and what we express when we can't find the peace oftentimes is not only that there's wrong stuff going on in our life, but that we don't, and this is for me, that I don't fully trust that Jesus is in control of that situation. And I gotta do something or make something happen or figure it out or stress out or I don't know, because I know that God is not big enough to take care of that thing that's causing me all this kind of stress. So I better step in and help him out. Thank God I'm here for him. <laughs> and as funny as that is, it's a reality of how we live. Because it's not just about putting your faith in God and becoming something in a moment. It's about becoming like him every day in every situation of my life. And so if you're stressed out about a relationship, yeah, try and do the things that are going to help that relationship, but trust that God is in control and know that he's not against you. The Stoic philosopher Epictetus said this. It's just a, it's a great quote. He says this, 
While the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns more than outward peace. It's like he's paraphrasing the Bible. Because he is. The peace we desire is not an outward peace, but an inward peace. And that inward peace only comes through our favor with God, through faith in Jesus Christ, dying on the cross and making us spotless before him. Why don't you take a look at these pictures and i just tell you this story and band's going to come out here as we transition to some musical worship. But 100 years ago, 100 years ago this December, we were at war. World War I had broken out. We'd been going on for several months now. This is a picture of some pretty cool stuff. In Belgium, the Allied forces were entrenched. You know, they're in a trench waiting. And there was the field, Flanders field spanned between them and the German forces who were also in a trench on the opposite side. And in between them was what they called no man's land. And they were sort of at a standstill They'd been there for a while, and craziest thing happens. Christmas Eve comes, and both sides decide to get out of the trenches and declare a truce for Christmas Eve. They exchanged gifts, and they sang Christmas carols, showed pictures of family to each other, played a game of soccer, and peace in the midst of the chaos of war. In the battlefield. These are actual pictures of that event 100 years ago today. I just think it's such a beautiful example of how we live our lives, our Christian lives or your non-Christian lives, in the wars and the stresses and the chaos and the anxieties that are going on being that war. So many of us need to find peace. So many of us just need to find that Christmas truce. Now, my prayer for many of you would be that this year, 100 years later, after this Christmas truce in World War I, we could have the spiritual truce. Where we could find the peace that's there for us, the inner peace. And so here's what I want to do as we close out. Again, as the band's going to transition here into worship, I... The first step for some of us is this, just to receive Christ into your life. If you've never taken that step, today could be your day. Today's got to be your day. I'll just, re- just reiterate, I mean, again, this is a thing I learned when I was a kid called Romans Road, and it just talks us through how we're in relationship or not with God. And Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Again, we're separated from God, and we're separated from God based on our behaviors that have caused that separation. Our sin makes us not fully compatible with God as we are. Second thing is that the penalty of sin is death. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So when sin came into the world, the curse of sin was what? What did God tell Adam and Eve? You will surely die. Of course, immediately Satan challenged that. You're not really going to die, are you? The curse of sin, the penalty of sin is death. Here's the good news that Jesus was willing to come and pay that debt for us. 
all of glory, all of God's glory manifest in a human being and it came to earth and sacrificed his life, gave his life so that we didn't have to, to make us spotless before him. He paid our debt. It's Romans 5, 8. And then reconciliation comes through receiving that gift. Romans 10 says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And then the final thing, we get back to that verse we read in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, and it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. Some of you today, many, I don't even know how many, but some of you today need to just take that step. So I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my faith in you. I'm going to believe you. I'm gonna, I want peace. I want peace with you, God. Hopefully the benefit of peace with each other that we'll talk about next week and peace in our circumstances will come. But I want peace with God. And then for those of you who are here today, maybe you've made that first step to profession of faith. I believe in you, Jesus. I put my faith in you. But for some of us, we need to ask God to touch our areas, the, the, the anxieties and the stresses with his peace. That we could truly trust that he is a big enough God to take care of that stuff for us. There's a third group in here. You're just not at peace with God because of what you're doing. You're living in a way that is putting something between you and God and creating that separation. You just need to confess before him and say, God, I want the peace, and the way I'm going to get peace is by confessing my sin to you. what I want to do is I want to pray as we close here. I'm just going to invite you guys to take this opportunity to get in the favor of God by putting your faith in Him and receiving His gift that gives us access to Him. Lord Jesus, we are uh, we will ever be in your debt as a result of the gift that you gave to us, your life for ours so that we could be reconciled. You actively pursued us to put us back in a relationship. And I just pray this morning for those individuals who are here and have have not yet taken that first step. I pray for your, the spirit to call them into that opportunity. And if, if that's you today, just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I put my faith in you. Forgive me for being a sinner forgiveness in this moment and may I come into your presence through the access you provide I put my faith in you and call you Lord of my life I trust you to lead in my circumstances I trust you to lead my life and I'm just going to give you a minute we're going to invite our greeters to come down and we're going to take communion. Again, communion is just a celebration of Jesus Christ's death on the cross and how we did gain access through him giving his life for us. For some of you, if you just made that prayer, I just want to say one thing.
do not leave today without coming to pray with one of us. And if you want, right now, even as we enter into worship, I'd invite you to go back. There's, there are people in the back of the auditorium that would love an opportunity to pray with you and uh, help, help give you a next step in your relationship with Jesus. And then for those of you who just need to get that peace with God through whatever the anxiety is that you're dealing with, an opportunity. Band's gonna play for a minute. And just get right with God, and then we're gonna celebrate communion together. And as I close, I'm just gonna read this passage, First Corinthians. It says this: The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, "This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me." the same way after the supper he took the cup saying this is this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes just want to let you know you're going to get this stuff we're not going to just do this when you um, after you're done taking time before God examining yourself do it on your own you have gluten free back in the middle there if you, if you want to go get gluten free uh, bread you can go prayer is that we would have peace with God.